0: Welcome Raider Nation to the Raider Nation podcast, and I am your host Raider Greg. Welcome to show number one hundred and three, and here we are—the pregame for the Denver Broncos. Uh, I mean Broncos game, right here on the Raider Nation podcast. Welcome to the show, all old listeners and new ones as well. And uh, right now, I'd like to have some shouts out. Just came across my mind to all those in military defending our nation. All those who are listening to the Raider Nation podcast, maybe all one of them or two of them across in Afghanistan or Iraq or anywhere in the military you might be, it is a tough deal these days defending this country. got to hand it off to you guys. You guys deserve shouts out from everybody. Thank you for defending us here at home. Boy, sometimes you just don't realize how good you have it, but you guys out there sure as hell know how good we have it here in this country. Okay. Sorry, we're not on a tangent. It was on my mind, so I had to speak it. Okay, so without further ado, today's show. Yeah, yeah. Old town. Do you know about my city? Old town. The city of Old. Old town. Oh, don't you know? Old town. Do you know about my city? Old town. The city of Old. Okay. Oh, don't you know? Now let's take a little trip down memory lane. Dig this Raider Nation trade for Randy Moss or Jerry Porter, i.e. powder. Very possible. That's one story we have for you, probably the first one, because I can't wait to get it on out. No love lost with Shell and Shanahan. These guys hate each other. Um, and I'll go over that too in this article. I'll talk a little bit about Cheryl's record against the Broncos. And pride is on the line on this game. The Denver Broncos, I freaking hate the Denver Broncos. I I I can't speak for the rest of the Raider Nation, but I can speak for me. And I'm going to tell you all right now that I hate, H-A-T-E, with passion, the Denver Broncos. Uh... Raider Chris over there, who comments on our forum all the time, I got to take my hat off to that character for being in hostile territory. Because I'll tell you, it'd be hard for me to live in Denver. Even in Colorado. A tough place, because I just cannot stand it. And I'd be popping off all the time. Chris, you know, I don't know if you have all your teeth, but man, brother, you'd be representing big time in my mind. Because, uh... It's tough territory there, cause they hate the Raiders. And Of course, um, we'll go to the comments form section as well. So without further ado, let's get to the first story. I'm fool, for All right, Raider fans, this is a article that I found in profootballtalk.com, Uh rumor mill, pretty cool, very cool, actually, and it's uh, entitled, Steelers Interested in Porter or Moss? A league source tells us that Pittsburgh Steelers are interested in trading for Raiders receiver Jerry Porter or and randy moss perhaps together even we're told that the steelers prefer porter primarily because he would come with a lower salary and less of a media circus and due to his contract that was very heavy in bonus money porter's salary is only one million dollars a year through 2009 that's why he's so pissed raider fans that's why jerry porter is is so upset because he's only making a million dollars when Randy Moss is making 3.6 this year. That's what it is. That's why they can bench him and punish him. Ah, oh, that's there. It is Raider Nation. You've heard it here at the Raider Nation podcast. That's why he is so disgruntled and so unhappy because his contract was full of bonus money and he's losing, he's losing big money. Anyways, let me go on. Published reports uh indicate that the figure showing the bonus in exchange for his freedom, so he's going to have to refund a 4 million dollar bonus uh, for his freedom, that's what that says. And um they might do that. Steelers might do that. Moss is signed through 2008 in salaries of 9.75 million and 11.25 million respectively. Woo! in each of the next two seasons. So that's how much that guy's making. Whoa, what a difference. No wonder Porter's all sore. <laughs> he can only afford one Mercedes. Uh, Randy's out there spending some bling. Holy mackerel. Okay. Per the source, the Steelers believe that quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, poor start, has more to do with his less-than-impressive receiving cores than his... June 12, trampoline routine off of a Chrysler on his motorcycle. Hines Ward has a bad hamstring, and the new guy, I guess Santurdo is his name, is inexperienced. Nate Washington is still growing to his role, and Cedric Wilson is regarded as being soft. Okay, so Hines Ward has a bad hamstring. Santurdo, I think that's how you pronounce his name, is inexperienced. Nate Wilson is still growing into his role, and Cedric Wilson is regarded within the building as soft. So you can trade now until October 17th this year, and a lot would have to happen. But with the Steelers interested in either guy, they might be in the best position to get one of them. And although the prevailing thinking is that any deal would involve one or more draft picks falling out of Pittsburgh, we wouldn't be surprised to hear the name Joey Porter arise in eventual trade talks. Porter has been unhappy with his salary, and there is a growing school of thought that Porter's desire to get paid has prompted him to abandon any genuine efforts um, to be a team leader but we don't want this guy. We don't want Joey Porter. He's another head case. Please, Al, don't give us Joey Porter. Plus, he's old, and you know he's not going to be around much longer. Uh, being in that position, we don't need another linebacker. We're linebacker heavy right now. Please. But it does sound like the Raiders might make this stupid move because it sounds so stupid. And that's the way they've been doing things this season, and I wouldn't be surprised. I would like to see Moss and Porter both at the door at the same time as they both try to squeeze their skinny little asses out of the door at the same time. That'd be fine with me. Uh, We're in a rebuilding, I guess. So let's just rebuild, get rid of that heavy cap room, because the last time I looked, the Raiders were only $300,000 below the cap. That's not a good thing. And to restructure all these contracts is going to be a pain if we want to grow as a team if we want to have some some real impact so anyway that's the news the Steelers might want just Jerry Porter or Randy Moss together they can do it they have cap room they have you know millions they have like five million dollars for this season so they got plenty of room for these two characters good riddance go put on the black and gold we'll see you in the AFC playoffs next year or maybe the year after that That's fine with me. We need to get this ship righted, and a lot of it is attitude, and it needs to change. The Raider Nation knows, and I know. So enough of that, but I thought that was good news. I'm pumped about it. I hope it happens, Raider Nation, and I know you do too. All righty, let's go to the next story. Let me just tell you about Shell's record. You know, and I'm going to be positive about this game. You know why? Not for any reason that I could possibly put my finger on logistically, but for a reason of spiritual hope. I know that we have played the Denver Broncos the toughest of any opponent in this league. Um, Tougher than Tampa Bay, tougher than San Diego, tougher than Kansas City. I see the Raiders Broncos as a very insane hatred phenomenon that's because i personally feel that way but anyways i i'm telling you right now there's huge hatred and i love it because i love to hate these guys and every time we beat them it's like shangri-la because uh we haven't beat them very much i think 22 out of the last 22 meetings they've won 17 that's not a very good record for us now is it so it's time for us to beat these bastards down, and there's no better place to do it than in their own backyard. Now, Shell versus the Broncos. The Raiders under Art Shell have a 10 1 record versus the Denver Broncos in the regular season and 1 0 in the postseason. Shell has posted a 6 0 record at home versus the Broncos and is 4 1 in Denver. Now, this is back when he was a coach of the Raiders with Bo Jackson and Marcus Allen. I will tell you this. The Raiders, the real Raiders. Let me just start with that. The real Raider players will be ready to play. Justin Fargus, Jared Cooper, Warren Sapp, uh, Andrew Walter. Those players will be ready to play. Shane Leckler, uh, Jan Kowski, Janikowski. Uh, Those players will be ready to play. Now it's up to the rest of the team. Uh, Kirk Morrison, he will be ready to play. It's up to the rest of the team to step it up about 10 frickin' notches. And if if Art Shell has the old magic that he had before, and we can only hope that that's the case, we should be able to beat these guys. Their team is not that good. The team this year is a cardboard tiger, and we can take him down. We can burn that tiger, the cardboard tiger, to the ground. I think very, very possibly um, take them out of the running early. And don't you love it? Don't you want to be a spoiler? Hell yes. I love to be a spoiler. The Raiders have been spoilers, and you've seen it before. We've seen it happen. It's beautiful. The Raiders' pride is on the line against Denver. You bet your ass it is because I hate them mothers. Okay, as bad as an O-4 and this is part of, this is out of, excuse me, an article in Real Football 365. So here it comes. As bad as the 0-4 Raiders have been this season, Sunday's mashup with their bitter rivals, the Denver Broncos, could be an opportunity to begin riding the ship, as they say. On paper, the clear advantage goes to the 3-1 Broncos, who have one of the best defenses in the NFL. And that's true. And... I won't say that this will right the ship, unlike this guy's trying to say. I don't think it's going to write the ship. What I think it's going to do, though, is we might be able to build up enough chutzpah to win this frickin' game. We might have enough pride left in our doggone, pride-swallowing, doggone season, especially after losing the 49ers, to beat the Denver Broncos just out of sheer hate. And the ability to do so at home would be Absolutely sweet, as all the Raider Nation knows. But more likely than not, the Denver, the Denver Broncos will emerge victorious on national television, which hurts me. But you never know, man. I'm telling you, these Raiders have come back and punked these guys when they've been on a winning roll, and we can do it again. In spite of the onfield Broncos matchup, it doesn't mean Oakland can't salvaged its old silver and black pride by beating down these Broncos. The Broncos have defeated the much-maligned Raiders in 17 of the last 22 matchups. That's just brutal since 1994 when Shell left. When it comes to the scoreboard, it doesn't have to be like that in Week 6, for the Broncos are very much a one-dimensional team, and it plays into the Raiders' hands if Rob the Mob Ryan can handle his business, which I think he can. Denver has mainly won on great defense, and their defensive unit is brutal and has gotten very little from the quarterback, Jake Plummer. Meanwhile, Oakland has done things very much the same, even though it's yet to win a game. The Raiders' defense has actually been strong points so far, except when it comes to the run. Freaking Swiss cheese. I hope we can hold these guys from running. But the offense has stumbled in the last-place rankings in both points and yardage. That can change, I'm telling you. If our defense can keep the doggone Broncos off the field in their running game under control, and that's those front four, fat, overweight, need-to-get-a-big-time-nasty-attitude-at-Denver-Broncos-beaten-front-four that we have. We need Warren Sapp to come out like he's possessed, and I think he can I think if they get a, a whiff of the Denver Bronco fans like they did last time with KFC is at the helm, they beat them then. Raider fans, I'm telling you, I'm not trying to give up false hopes about us winning, having a winning season. I don't even know if we'll do eight and eight. But I'll tell you this, this game we can win just because it's hate. It's hate filled, and players always play their best when they're pissed off and full of of H A T E, what I'm saying. So, as we go on against the Denver Champ Bailey led defense, the Raiders quarterback Andrew Walter could have a nightmarish evening in Colorado. Andrew, you better watch your shit, check your game right now, brother. Thus, offensive corner Tom Walsh, the least popular <laughs> man in the Bay Area right now. Is that funny? Let me say it again. The offensive quarter, Tom Walsh, the least popular man in the Bay Area right now. We need to get his running back, running attack led by Lamont Jordan and Justin Fargas, to be quite productive. Judging by their performance over the last couple of weeks, that's not entirely impossible. The Broncos defense ranks sixth in ground yards allowed, but it's just 17th in yard attempts surrendered. Denver's opposition hasn't run the ball enough to establish any kind of good consistency. If ever there was a game set up to give the Raiders' defense a chance to make an impact, it would be this weekend. Denver's plumber has been horrendous throughout most of this year, meaning the Raiders' young and promising secondary could give him a tough time. You bet your ass, as long as Washington is back in the lineup, we need him in there. Um... Quietly, Oakland's defense ranks number one in the NFL in passing yards allowed. Obviously, that could signal a somewhat unexpected, difficult day for the beleaguered plumber. So we're number one in NFL passing yards allowed. Our passing defense is brutally awesome. It means that our defense is number one in uh, pass defense. That's pretty good. If I can stop the run, we could be awesome. The Broncos' offense, aside from Plummer, is bolstered by running back Tatum Bell, formerly a change-of-pace runner of five foot 213-pounder, has gained 387 ground yards this year. Good enough for seventh in the league. Bell seems primed for another big game, but Broncos head coach Mike Shanahan could find the back being the team's lone offensive option considering the Raiders' prowess in defending the pass yeah that could be the truth so we could be looking for them to just run 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 the ball and if our defense can stick their ass on the line it could be a difficult night for the Denver Doncos and Colorado Chris could come out smiling and typing his little ass off at the Raider Nation podcast forum saying how happy it is that he can punk everybody I'd love to see that my friend Nobody in the right mind would predict a victory from Oakland Raiders this weekend, but perhaps Denver, a 15-point favorite, might find itself taking the fellow AFC West squad too lightly. Don't bet on it, Raider Nation. Shanahan knows his team and he knows how we play. He's going to have his guys ready to go. Unfortunately for Oakland, Broncos linebacker Al Wilson has already issued a warning to his entire team. Don't look down on an 0-4 team, said Wilson. My rookie season, 1999, we were 0-4 going into Oakland, and they took us lightly. At this point, all Raider fans can hope for is that none of Wilson's teammates share his intensity, when your record is 0-4, there's a few places to draw faith from, obviously. Nonetheless, it will be interesting to see what kind of pride and fighting spirit Archill's team has this Sunday going into Denver. Well, I will tell you this. The Raiders can win this game. The Raiders can kick the shit out of the Denver Broncos just because of the way that... The teams are so um so close. The matchup is good in this game. They're fifteen freaking point they're fifteen freaking points ahead already. That's what they're betting. We are fifteen point underdogs to these chump asses. And if you don't think that's gonna motivate anybody, I I, I find it hard to comprehend. I know our team has lacked spirit and drive. I know they lacked a lot of things. Mainly, they've lacked an offensive coordinator and a coach that understands what they're needing here to be successful. But if they can make it happen, if magic could occur one time, especially in Denver's backyard, how sweet the victory would be! How sweet! We could revel in a victory of such a magnitude to bring back some pride to the Raider Nation. We need this victory, man. We need it big time. And this team better frickin' figure it out and get it done because we need it. They need it. They need it to succeed. They need it to look in the mirror and not think, you know, what a loser they are. Don't you think they don't know? Don't you think they don't get reminded constantly of how shitty the team is? Even comments like, oh, that's okay, you guys are going to get better, doesn't seem to do much for people that I know or who are competitive athletes. All you want is the ring, all you want to do is get some victory, and these characters aren't like anybody else. They don't like to swallow their pride. Okay. Shell and Shanahan have no love fest planned for this Sunday at the Raiders versus the Broncos. There's no love loss between Art Shell and Shanahan because back in the day, back in nineteen eighty nine, there were some serious Molotov cocktails tossed during the brief Mike Shanahan regime with the Raiders. Mike Shanahan used to coach the Raiders for a year and one month. Old wounds heal slowly. Shanahan at one time tried to dump Shell, and as a result can only be described as a frosty relationship between the two started. Shell said, I don't have a relationship with him. Shanahan said, I don't speak with him very much. Small wonder, Shell was a Raiders offensive line coach in 1988 and 89. Under Shanahan. At the end of the 1988 season, Shanahan tried to fire Shell and five other coaches. That led to owner Al Davis interceding. Al Davis said, I had to restore order. I remember this too. Davis explained, So we don't have a riot. I brought Art Shell back on the staff and some other people. Shell's take on it there was a power move, and I was able to retain my job. Shanahan was fired a month into the 1989 season. Shell assumed command. Don't tell me there's not any hate between these two guys. I know Shanahan, that rat-faced fink, is pissed, and he has always held grudges against the Raiders and against Al Davis. Now he has Davis and Shell, both of whom he blames for him losing the job just because he lost the team. And... He tried to make all those changes, fire all the coaches, boy. I don't know. But anyway, as a note, Shell and Shanahan cannot stand each other. So I'll tell you this there's a whole lot riding on this game. There's a whole lot riding on the fact that Art Shell and Mike Shanahan. Can't stand each other. They hate each other. And this goes way beyond normal football. It goes right into the nastiness of this rivalry. I mean, there's just a whole lot of bad blood here, not only of the teams fought, but here you have the coaching staff uh, going at it as well because of the obvious. Let's go into. The Raider Nation Podcast Forum Comment Section. Okay, here we go. We'll start off here with let's Start off with Adam the Rookie. Adam the Rookie, gallery trade, what about Walker? Yeah, that's true. Why is everyone still all over gallery's ass? For I've seen he's been getting better each week. It was Turner's grand idea to have him switch to the other side and totally screwed up whatever continuity this young kid had. Um, give him a break. He's only been in four games since he's moved to the other side of the line. Might not seem like a big deal to non-playing fan, but it is. It's a huge difference. And if you want someone to bitch about in the meantime, try leaning on Walker. Yeah, Langston Skywalker has sucked for a while. He had a pathetic game against the Niners. Bonehead penalty after bonehead penalty, and allowed at least one sack he could find himself replaced by McQuiston real soon if he keeps this shit up. And he should be. I think he should be replaced by McQuiston. And he should be um on the kicking teams, the special teams for a while. Maybe that's what he needs. But um, our offensive line needs to do some movement. They're getting better. I mean, they're plugging the guys in. Seems to be working. The blood's not leaking quite so bad. So um, I agree with you, Adam. I think Gallery's going to be okay. Uh, but... You know what? You never know. It just depends on the game. Let's hope he is a monster on Sunday. In hostile territory, Colorado Chris, once again, my heart goes out to you. Welcome back, Tommy, he says. I say kick Tory to the curb, but enough about the Yankees. That's funny, he says. So, our local NBC News 9 is airing the commercial Dogging Al Davis and our Raiders. I love it. We are 0 4, and they still spend money on trying to dog us. Even though we are 0 4, they look to us as a threat, as they should. I will be at the game, and this is my season. Fucking beat the donkeys, and I rest easy. I'm saying for you, man. I hope they beat the crap out of them donkeys, man. Just for you, Colorado Chris. I mean, just for you, for sure. And them dogging Al Davis commercials is freaking pathetic. We don't have any of that shit over here on the West Coast. It doesn't happen that way. We don't get the Shanahan bashing stuff. That doesn't happen. We don't even have Bronco Week. That's how much it's into around here. We have Bronco Week right here at the Raider Nation podcast. But, you know, that's amazing that they get so into it. Well, good for them yippity doo pop a bottle of champagne. I hope we go there and kick their ass. Okay, here's Tokai Japan Outpost, Robert Moorhead, high school coach of the week. I see the Raiders' website that the team has named a high school coach of the week. Do you think Arkshell is disappointed he hasn't won yet? Does Art <laughs> call the winners into his office for tips? Does the winner get to coach the Raiders this week in Denver? Far too many jokes to choose from. Finish the sentence. Cracking jokes at the Raiders is like shooting fish in a barrel, or cheating on your wife. (laughs) That's pretty funny. And there's a million jokes out there, Robert. That's exactly right. And I didn't get your joke last podcast about the jugular and then the juggler. That's a tough one for me to even say. Can you understand that? So I'm sorry that the Raider Nation didn't get in on that joke. It was pretty funny but it's a tough one for me. Man, there's some long, long, long emails here. Okay. This here is uh, from the troll. I remember when. I'm going to paraphrase this one here because it's very long. Hey, Greg. Another great show. As I said before, I defend being a part of the Raider Nation continually here in the Windy City. So he's in Chicago. But alas, it's becoming tough to do so. (laughs) Yeah, because those Bears are kicking everybody's ass, and you got the piddly-ass Raiders. I know, it's tough. It's tough that the Raiders aren't doing very good, and we didn't even play those guys. Uh, But I see the Bears are looking good. He's looked at past postings on OaklandRaiderNation.com and found the following words he once lived by. And it goes on to say what the Raiders are and how they've always been a great franchise and how you should be proud to be a Raider. It goes on and on and on about that stuff and how to live as a Raider fan. And here we go. Greg, what I find so hard to believe is I stand by these words. I wrote as a Raider fan. I pay hard-earned money to fly out to Bay Area and get a decent seat to watch my team. I love the Raiders so much. I also have Raiders tattoo, which I confess was inspired by your logo. So this guy's got the Raider of podcast logo tattooed on his body. That is insane. Okay. The problem is not that I believe in these things, but the team itself has lost heart. You bet, brother. It sure as hell is. Porter sits on the sidelines and laughs at us. He just laughs like the rest of those goofballs does. It's not just him. Trust me, troll. It's not just him. Why is he allowed to do this on the field? Moss, wines, and wines. Sit your ass down and shut the fuck up, Randy. Sap, you're washed up. Al, what have you done? Art, shell, you disgrace the memory of your history on how you conduct yourself now. I hate to say these words, but I can only hope that Chucky needs a job next year and we beg him to come back. Well, no, I don't want Chucky coming back. We could have done good with Wisenhunt. That would have been our smart move. If we would have gotten Wisenhunt, like I said in an earlier podcast, that Raider Nation right now would be sitting at at least a 2-2, two and two, maybe even better, depending upon how he structured the offense in the offseason. But I'll tell you right now, Wisenhunt would have changed his team overnight. Anyways, can't cry about spilt milk. So he agrees with me that Andrew Walter, I say, keep the faith. I think Andrew's the guy too. You will be our savior. We need an offensive line. And you want to touch my quarterback, you'll be punished. Jordan, a name which means success here in Chicago. Fight for every inch. Right on. Greg, I'm a cop. We have one philosophy. I want to solve the case. If I can't do it, I'll set up my ship so they can do it. If I, they can't do it, I'll set up the patrol unit so they can do it. If they can't do it, we'll set up the detectives so they can do it. The bottom line is through teamwork the job will get done. That is so true. Hey, Art, I would start all the third-string guys and let them play. We can't do any worse, and maybe we'll see some heart on the field again. I'm not asking us to win, but we had better be in the fight. And I agree, man. These guys, like I said, there's guys with heart on the team, and there's guys that ain't got no heart. And that's blatantly obvious from all the Raider Nation because it seems to be a continuous theme throughout one post after another. The lack of heart. The joviality on the scenes. The buffoonery on the sidelines. I can't believe it. Okay, Colorado Chris, LJ. P.S. Next time Lamont Jordan speaks up in the locker room, be a professional. Make a move for the ball behind you when it's thrown to you. Way to go, LJ. Yeah, it was a backward lateral. He saw the ball. He tipped it, turned around. 49er took it in to the house for a doggone touchdown. Mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. Mike Lowry, Raider, 18 PSL comes in. Happy times in the Raider Nation. I'm not saying much this time. I'm tired of hearing this shit from my friends. Greg, love the last two podcasts, and I appreciate the website and podcast. I'm actually looking forward to Sunday night's game. Also, to hear from some of the John Madden's comments. I really don't think Art wants to be here now. P.S. The video of the Raiders and Broncos in 2004 that you have on the website. I remember there's a certain player. That is not active on the big game. JP, yeah. Jerry Porter came in huge against the doggone Broncos. And he caught some miracle passes. And that's where he kind of came out. That's how he got the contract he did. But, like I told you, it's only a million a year. No wonder he's a sourpuss. Okay. Mayak, Raider friend from across the pond. Okay, plea, <laughs> plea to Mr. Davis. This guy's from all the way in the U.K., I'm hearing a lot about Al Davis on your show. Yes, he was a maverick. He was an integral part in shaping the NFL as it is today. He was a driving force behind the Raiders when football first started here in the UK in 1982. I did my reading. It was the image of the Raiders that I liked. The more I found out about Al and his team, the better I liked it. I have been a Raiders fan ever since. But does that mean I have to stand by him no matter what? Here we go. This is going to be another uh, owl bashing. I understand. The problem is that the wizard's now just a crazy old man. Now, he goes on to talk about how they have laws discriminating against people who have old age. But the fact is here that right or wrong, that the ramblings of a senile old man are just meddling in this team. So he goes on to say how someone has to take over and how the evidence and the thinking and the reasoning has gone south because uh, of what he did to Marcus Allen's now happening to Jerry Porter. He talks about his long-term memory is fine, about living in the 70s, and we haven't had a Super Bowl in 20 years. And he says we should be rebuilding and planning for the future, but Al doesn't seem to be able to do so. He just wants to win now, baby. And the ability to plan has apparently failed him. Well, it has. He talks about, be brave, Mr. Davis, we love you. But you need to be looking after yourself and let the team go somewhere else if you don't collapse at first, but it's pretty collapsed right now. And, you know... I said it before in a podcast, and I'll say it again right now, Raider Nation. Hal Davis is the Raiders. He built the Raiders, and he might be mismanaging the Raiders. But you know what? The man's been in football his entire life. This is his legacy. This is his team. And I'd hate to say that I want to take the team away from him because put yourself in his shoes. Would you want someone to come and take something you love so much away from you? When you still think you have the capability to do it, even though it might be better for the team, you know, that's a tough thing to think about. I myself feel that if Mr. Davis continues to hold on and things get any more bizarre, you know, I might change my opinion. But for now, even though we are losing, I will say I stand by Mr. Davis. I stand by the fact that I think that he will know when he has to sit down. And I also stand by the fact that he deserves to do whatever the fuck he wants to do with this team because, you know what, he built this from nothing. And if he goes out and dies in his sleep tomorrow, he was at the helm of his ship, the one that he built by his own sweat and blood. And as far as I'm concerned, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Not that I don't mind your opinion and not that I'm trying to dog you. I'm just saying that's my opinion. And um, I understand your frustration. The whole nation understands your frustration. Bruno and Whittier. Ooh, here's an L.A. Raider fan, and Whittier is the place to be, man. I'm telling you, Raiders Central. And if, When the Raiders were in Los Angeles, Whittier had to be ground zero for the Raider Nation. What a cool place. I, I remember it well. Been there many times. Uh, Whittier rocks. My whole family's from Whittier. Pico Rivera... Um, City of Commerce. You know what I'm saying? These are my family members. This is my Puerto Rican side. Anyway, where are the true fans? I would expect it from the NorCal 49er wine-chuggling, cheese-sniffing suits, but not us. We are always and have always been a blue-collar team. That means you pack your lunch, you put your lid on, And you get in there and grind it out. You don't quit. No matter what the odds are, it's what I do. It's been what I've taught my children to do. It's how I've tried to lead my life, my staff. It's why I'm always going to support the Raiders no matter what as a father's day gift for my children i announced to my two sons thirteen and twenty-four that we are going to travel to seattle as father and sons to see our team from whittier SoCal, to seattle is a big thing for my family we watch each week as the raiders lose ugh i feel for you brother we don't like it of course but we don't shy away from our beliefs and our passion for the raiders as a family and as a true fan us three will walk proudly into the Seahawks' house wearing our colors with pride and poise. For those on the sidelines who are just content to pick up a paycheck at the end of the week, you are despicable and disgust us. You discredit all those who have come before you and those who would give anything, and some have, and failed to get where you are. And he's talking about kids in college and playing and guys getting into the NFL and, you know, People almost making it there, but you get a bad knee and you get out or you get hurt and you get out. These guys are the cream of the crop is what he's saying. And they've worked very, very hard. And now they're here and they're being lazy asses. The very few who actually go out there and do their job. For those who are about to rock this week and every week, this family salutes you. Players like Warren Sapp, Shane Leckler, Zach Crockett, Justin Fargus, Chris Carr, and you, Raider Greg. Man, just to be in that group, I'm telling you, man, you gave me chills. Thank you so much, and I thank you for the compliment because it is a huge one, Bruno and Whittier. Thank you, my brother. I take my hats off to you and your family going up to see those doggone sea hags And uh, they're brutal up there, and they hate our guts, but you know what? Just wearing a silver and black is a brutal thing, and it's good. Put it in their face, because that's what they deserve. They deserve to see that there are still true fans here in the Raider Nation, and we're not quitting on our team. We don't have to be happy about what the hell's going on, but we certainly don't leave our team behind. Raider Nation, this is Raider Greg. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I've enjoyed doing it. It's cool. Now let's go kick the shit out of some Donkos. That's what I say. Yeehaw! Raider Greg, and I am out.